Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. I want to deal with a concept that I want you to stay with me on, maybe controversial in certain aspects of this sermon, but I believe if you'll stay with me, amen, that we will take the scripture and shine some light on where we are. I want to deal with the biblical view of racism and denominationalism. If ever there was a time that the church needs to stand up and address this situation is now. I just got word that three more officers were shot this morning before we come to church. Don't know why, where, or what, down South Louisiana, I think, though. Bastrop, I meant Baton Rouge. Uh, so uh, it's just the situation and the atmosphere we're in. And if healing's going to come, it has to come from the church, Amen. the body of Christ. Amen. And so that's what we're going to deal with today. If you stand to your feet this morning. <clears throat> It's almost unbelievable that our country is in the condition she is in. Almost unfathomable. Um, I, I, I thought we had gone as far as we could go until something else come up. And, and I was so appalled about decisions that's being made by our government. Um, and, and, and I'm not here to talk about parties. I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, none of that have, means nothing to me and it means nothing to Jesus. All that matters is a biblical worldview. All the rest is divisive terms and situations and circumstances. So, uh, uh, it doesn't matter to me if it's a black man or a white man, uh, in, in the white house. What does matter to me is does he follow biblical principles? And we need to keep it on that kind of a level. And it ain't about a color, it's about character. Uh, anytime I say anything, and believe me, I'm not the type to keep my mouth shut. I don't believe in the separation of church and state. I believe it was a lie from the enemy. Amen. That the church needs to be a guiding light to the state. And that's our job and responsibility. And that's where this message come from that I'm going to endeavor to preach today. So I just uh, solicit in, uh, your prayers. Uh, and it has to be more than a sermon preached. Uh, theology without shoe leather is useless. Did you hear what I said? If your gospel has, makes no footprint, your gospel is irrelevant. So we must not just preach it and declare it. We must put our gospel shoes on and go out there and live it. So I pray that you stand behind me on some calls I've already made. Uh, somebody said that was a setup. In a direction that we will push in, and I'm going to prove to you by the gospel, if we don't, we are not the children of God. I'm going to say that again. If we do not, we are not the sons of God. We may be religious, but we are not the children of God. We have scripture enough to back that up today. So, I'm uh, just prepping you for a sermon of this magnitude, and God brought you here on purpose today. Teenagers. I need your undivided attention today because you're going to suffer. The, the, the nation's suffering now, but you're going to suffer worse if we don't see healing. And I need young men and young women who will rise up and be men and women of God without fear or favor, who will stand for the biblical truths of God's word. And that's this generation over to my right. Father, we love you, Lord. 
We praise you for the awesome privilege to be able to stand behind this sacred desk and declare your sacred word because it is just that. God, I'm sorry that preachers has hijacked your word. I'm sorry and I repent for the pulpits of our nation who have, who have become cowards and politicians rather than preachers of this gospel. Oh, God, would you please help me today to preach nothing but the word? God, I don't know how, but will you enable it to lay, uh, for me to lay down my own prejudices and opinions and traditions and preach nothing but the word? And God, would you please give a congregation the ability to not hear this word through ears of prejudice and bias and racism, but that they may hear your word with an unveiled face. And hear it through the revelatory knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm asking you for a big, 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 big favor today, O oh Lord. But you're a good God. And I believe you will grant it and make us one. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs> Turn with me to Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58. Verse number 12 says, And they that shall be of you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repair of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. What we're dealing with right now didn't begin last night. It didn't begin four years ago, and it didn't begin eight years ago. This has been a generational sore that has been passed down from generation to generation to generation. So, but now it's our watch. And there's people, he said, according to this scripture, right here in this building, who's going to make a difference. That's going to bring change. It's going to be able to step out of the, 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 the sewage of the culture that we're in into the light of the gospel and begin to rebuild some foundations. You're here. I know you're here. Uh, go with me down to Matthew chapter number five. Verse number nine. I just wonder if we could read this in concert. Just this one little short scripture all together out loud. Uh, Matthew chapter number five and verse number nine. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. One more place before you seated. Hebrews chapter number 12, verse number 14. Hebrews 12 and 14 says, follow peace with how many men? It don't say follow peace with good men. It don't say follow peace with respectful men. Are you listening to me? It don't say follow peace with men of your color, culture, or anything else. It says pursue unity with everybody and holiness. And this is what I preached this message in a revival. I'd love to preach it here, but the Lord has not allowed it. Without which no man shall see the Lord. You want to see God? You better get it right with man. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Well, today, 
as it's already been stated this morning and just got the news before I walked up to this pulpit, and it's become commonplace for men to hate each other so bad that they do bad things to one another. School shootings that we have seen uh, 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 over the past few years that's becoming something that, that's almost normal. And I hate to say that because of, of whatever the case may be, biases, biases, prejudices, whatever the case may be about religion or anything else. But it's just amazing to me the, the, uh, the, the shape that we are in. And I was going to say a while ago that just when I thought it got as bad as it could get, uh, they came out with this new law that our young men, our, our children, our students in the school can share the same bathrooms and you can share the same showers and you can sleep in the same hotel rooms on church, on uh, school events and trips. I mean, how can you wrap your mind around that? I don't know. I don't care if you're an atheist. How can you wrap your mind around that? And what's even worse, Louisiana, is there's state after state that are joining together to sue our, our uh, uh, and I hate to even use names, but there's, they're suing uh, against this thing except for your governor. Your governor, Edwards, said he is going to fight it. He's going to fight for it. And he's going to push it with all the power of his office. That's what your governor said. So we can sit in our churches and think that it's everywhere else. Amen. But I'm telling you, it's going to come knocking on your door. Amen. It's going to come knocking on our door. It already has. It has affected us with our friends and our families. Amen. Whether they live around us or not. But we're, we're, we're in a most trying time as a country in, on, on every front. And, and I know it's a matter of opinion, but there's no doubt America was born a great nation in many aspects. And I want to make that clear. Many aspects, one of which you and I have the privilege and the honor of enjoying today, and that's freedom of religion. But don't never overlook the fact that America was born with a deadly disease. America was born, conceived, given birth with a deadly disease called slavery. And slavery was predicated on the premise that there is a distinction between living human beings. And when, hear me this morning, God help me to get through this. When, when, when lines of distinctions are drawn, then the foundation of division has been laid. Because any time you make a distinction between two of the same species, if I can leave that, use that word, any time you make a distinction between a, a two of the same species, you have just laid the groundwork for unhealthy competition and dysfunctional superiority. That's why the Bible says, even talking about marriage, when it's talking about marriage, he said, the two shall become one. And why? Because as long as you are divided in two different separate entities, there is always the fallen nature to dominate one or to dominate in the other. Are you following me? Matter of fact, Galatians chapter number three takes it to even a greater level. Hear me this morning, teenagers. There, the Bible says there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor 
nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. The Bible even takes it to the level just because you are a woman does not give me the right to dominate you. Anytime you start drawing lines of distinction, you're laying the groundwork for someone to try to dominate somebody else. Or is there anybody in this house with me this morning? Amen. Uh, uh, This scripture tells us right here, right now, that there is neither Jew nor Greek. No one is greater than the other. We are one and the same, and every man was created equal. Can I get a witness this morning? Amen. But we drew the lines of distinction. And not only did we draw lines of distinction, but we also gave power to the distinctions by identifying them and defining them as races. We bought into the greatest, most undermining, damning lie ever presented to humanity. And may I submit to you this morning, Life Church, that this lie that they are distinctions between men was engineered by Satan himself. It's a lie that was born in hell. And this lie has been the fuel. I said this lie has been the fuel that has sparked and keeps racism alive today. But the Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And the truth is, God never created races. God created man. God created humanity. And the Bible says he created man in his image and in his likeness. And when you realize that, no wonder Jesus said, when you do it to the least of these, you have done it to me. It doesn't double. When you have done good to the least of these, you have done it to me. When you do bad to the least of these, you have done it to me. So I want to answer the question this morning, amen, in the minds of so many today, is Jesus black or is Jesus white? Is Jesus Hispanic or is he European? I tell you, amen, according to this scripture, Jesus is the black man. Jesus is the white man. Jesus is the Hispanic man. Amen. And furthermore, I'm going to say it, Jesus is the rich man. Jesus is the poor man. He is that man. Amen. And I'm going to say it whether you like it or not. If it matters to you what color Jesus is, you are racist. Oh, it got quiet. We're going to push this sermon on our iPods or iPad or whatever they do with that stuff. Amen. And hope that this word can go out and touch some hearts and bring some clarity. Amen. He created humanity. I'm going to go a little deeper, can I? Amen. Races were manufactured by Satan and sold by ignorant intellectuals. I want to say that one more time. You do the research. Racist, racism, racist. And the word race was manufactured by Satan. Satan and then sold by ignorant intellectuals. God never drew the lines of distinction between men. And if I must use the word race, I'll use it in this context. There is only one race, and that's the human race. 
I'm going to say it one more time, Life Church. There is only one race, and that is the human race. We all have one origin. We all have one father. We were all begotten by the same source. Is anybody in this place? If we are Bible-believing Christians, then we all believe that we have not evolved from monkeys, but rather we are the descendants of Adam. I just want to know, Life Church, are you a Bible-believing Christian? Amen. Well, if you are, you don't believe in evolution. You believe we all came from one source. Am I too far out in left field for you? Amen. If we are the descendants of Adam, then we have to believe that we all, in spite of our color, in spite of our culture, we are brothers and Boy, that was weak. Are you having a problem with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Amen. Is that the problem, reason we're so silent and we're so quiet? Amen. Because we are so bound up with the traditions of men and this cancer has been handed down from generation to generation. Amen. And I believe things were getting better. I do submit to you that I believe things were getting better. But it, uh, what's happening today is the proof. The cancer was still there in in spite of our generosity. The sickness was still there in spite of how well we were getting along. And, in the, and because of all the situations we're seeing today, all we're seeing is a generational hurt come to the surface. I believe it is time. Oh, y'all with me this morning. I believe God only causes something or allows something to fester when it's time to bring healing to it. And I will be silent no more. I said I will be silent no more. It is time to arise and declare the gospel of Jesus Christ and quit propagating evil propaganda from a holy pulpit. It is time for men of God to arise and churches Amen. To, to, to put some shoe leather with your theology, if your theology is correct. You still love me? Then if we are Bible believers, we have to believe that there are no dividing lines of distinction. Can I get a witness? The Bible says in Colossians chapter number three, needs to give me 10 and 11 instead of just 11. Would you please look at this scripture with me? Colossians chapter number three, verse number 11. And we have put on what? We have put on what? The new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Look at your neighbor right now and tell him you ought to know better. You ought to know better than racism. You ought to know better than prejudices. You ought to know better than biasness. Amen. You ought to know better. Why? Because you have put on a new man and we have been renewed in the knowledge after the very image of Jesus Christ where there is neither Greek, there is neither Jew, there's neither circumcision, uncircumcision, that's talking about religion, there is neither barbarian, Scythian, bond, nor free, but Christ is all and in all. I want you to notice something with me right now that some of you hadn't had a problem until now, but I'm going to give you a problem. This scripture tears down the theory of lines of distinction between men and religion. 
This one scripture tears down the theory and the false theology. I'm going to call it philosophy because it is not theology. Amen. That there is a distinction between men, that's the Jew, Greek, and religion, which is circumcision and uncircumcision. Amen. He said, there is neither, neither, meaning there is no such thing. And you got a different denomination on every corner. I'm trying to choose my words so I don't just choke you to death. And there is only one religion. There is one humanity and there is one religion. Wow. Y'all are starting to scare me now. Because what I'm preaching to you is foreign. What I'm preaching to you is totally contrary to the church. But let's look at it. Ephesians 4, 3 through 6. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is what? Come on, talk to me. There is what? And what? One spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. I can't help it there's Pentecostals. I can't help it there's Baptists. I can't help it there's Methodists. I can't help it there's Presbyterian. I can't help it there's Catholic. Amen. But I can tell you this, none of it is scriptural. Because my Bible says there is one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. And he is the Father. He is the father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. I'm sick of walking up to my brother. Amen. And the first thing he wants to say is I'm Pentecostal or I'm Baptist. Amen. I don't care what your persuasion is. I want to know if we are brothers in Christ. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care what kind of music you listen to. I just want to know you know we have the same daddy. I just want to know if you know that I may not shout like you shout, but it don't mean I have not been born again and I'm on my way to heaven. Is anybody listening to me? We are in a mess because nobody wants to say anything. When it's not... There's one thing, you might refute me and you might refute my opinion, but you cannot refute the word of God. And the word says it, amen, that we all have the same father, born of the same God. And whether I like it, whether you Pentecostals like it or not, you're my brother. Whether you Baptists like it or not, you're my brother. Whether you Catholic like it or not, you're my brother. Huh? Amen. My God, can I go deeper? Can I just go deeper with this? Oh, my God, help me this morning. He said, the Lord Christ, there's one baptism, one God, one Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Amen. You may put a lot of pride in your denominational persuasion, but there is a God who is above that. He is higher than that. And when we keep him in his place, me and you will be unified. 
So from the light of Scripture, there is no such thing. He said there is neither. And Paul, and Paul was preaching in a time where you're, you're, you're uh, uh, man, I hate to use that word, but I got to just to get you with me. Your race meant everything, whether you was a Jew or a Greek. And Paul had the, the audacity to stand and look them in the eye and say, can I tell you something? There ain't no such thing as Jew. There ain't no such thing as Greek. There ain't no such thing as all of that because we are one in Christ Jesus. Jesus. Amen. And, and I've been getting counsel from my black brothers, and I'm going to get a whole lot more counsel. And we're getting together and asking the tough questions. And I asked this question the other night to a black a group of black brothers. Amen. And I'm having to differentiate, amen, for the sake of this sermon. Amen. Uh, what do you see when you watch the news and a white man shoots down a black man? What do you see versus what I see? And I got the most profound, unexpected answer. I see one brother shooting down another brother. Oh my God. Are you listening to me? What if we acted like that instead of being silent in the church and letting a demonized media, I don't care if you like Fox or CNN, amen, they're demonized by a spirit of division, amen, and they propagate. White cop shoots black man. Instead of a man shot a man. If words can be that divisive, then words can heal. And if God can bring healing to one church, he can bring it to a community. Let me rephrase that. If he can bring it to one individual, somebody will rise up. Because Isaiah said, there's people among you who's going to bring healing to generations and generations. There's going to be somebody rise up and make a difference. The darker the night, the greater the light. It ain't no time to run and hide or keep our mouth shut. It's time to rise up. Amen. So in the light of Scripture, there is no such thing as an interracial church. I'm going to say that again. According to the light of Scripture, there is no such thing as an interracial church. If there is an interracial church, it means you believe they are different races of people. Well, who did those other people come from? Well, that messed up your theology, didn't it? Oh, yeah? Two different races? That's two different species. Okay, you were born of Adam. Who were they born from? All of a sudden, you don't believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. All of a sudden, you don't have your theology. So I will never call this church an interracial church because this is not an interracial church. I used to pride myself in it being interracial and interdenominational until I have been reproved by the Holy Spirit. There's no such thing as interracial or interdenominational. Either we're brothers or we're not brothers. I said we're brothers or we're not brothers. Oh, anybody in this house, amen. So from the light of Scripture, there's no such thing as an interracial church because there is only one race, and it's called the human race. Oh, yes, yes, don't get me wrong. I am not naive nor stupid. We are a multicultural church. And culture has nothing to do with color. There's just as many cultures in the white culture and there's many, many cultures in the black culture. I have a different culture from you 
my white sister. I also have some of the same cultures as my black brothers. So a cultural issue is not a color issue. And we, Life Church, are a multicultural church. We have diverse backgrounds. We have diverse preferences. We have diverse interests. We have diverse forms of worship. The body of Christ is as diverse as the human body. My son preached it so well a couple weeks ago. I call it, I call it diversity by divine design. Catch this, Life Church. Diversity by divine design. It's diversity that produces productivity and promotes and requires unity. It's just enough diversity to make me need you. It's just enough diversity that if I want to be productive, I got to realize I need you. And when my need outweighs your culture, I'll hook up with you. Oh, somebody better get a hold of that. Paul preached it beautiful in 1 Corinthians. Amen. Uh, He said the whole body, if the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? Are you following me? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? You see, the diversity makes me productive. Oh, you got to get this right here. My eyes are totally diverse from my ears, but their diversity allows me to hear and to see. Are you following me? So their diversity allows me, my feet are diverse from my hands, but my feet allow me to go and my hands allow me to do. So the diversity makes me way more productive than if my hands were fighting my feet. And my feet said, I ain't going because you don't look like me. You don't act like me. And the hands don't say, I ain't doing when you're going. So my diversity, but the need to go and do at the same time makes my hands work with my feet. And my feet work with my hands. It's diversity by divine design that makes you know I need my brother and I need my sister or I cannot accomplish what I need to accomplish. I hope this message weeds out any racist in this building because we do not need you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to look you dead in the eye because I need you like I need leukemia. I need you. The body of Christ needs you like I need the plague. It is a disease and it does not belong in the body of Christ and you need to be addressed. Oh, somebody ought to help me preach. You need to be addressed. And there are so many churches right here in this parish that propagate that demonic garbage from our pulpits. I cannot be too bold this morning. It has to be put in its place. So even though my eyes are totally diverse, Paul said... If everything was an eye, where would the hearing be? You know why churches are growing weak? Because they're, 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 they're becoming homogenized. That's why they're getting weaker and weaker. They're becoming homogenized, homogeneous. The greatest day of segregation is on Sunday morning. Is anybody listening to me? When the black man goes to the black church, if you will, and the white man goes to the white church, if you will, amen. It's the greatest lie the devil's ever told. And if he can keep us separate, he's taking my eyes away. He's taking my feet away. He's taking my hands away. And and we become homogeneous. 
homogeneous, meaning everybody's got to look alike and think alike and sing alike and worship alike. And as a result, we only have one. We, uh, our capacity to reach a diverse world is limited. I need to rub shoulders with you so I can find out how you think. I must become all things to all men so that someone can be saved. Instead of sitting in our pious thing, uh, pious puke that we call churches, amen, wanting somebody to come join our, our, our clubs. Oh, my God. God, help me keep my voice till I get done. <clears throat> Amen. Hoping that somebody could come join our club. And I want to put scripture in context that Jesus said, you ain't nothing but a proselyte and you make them twice the son of hell as you are. In other words, you contaminate good people. Oh my God. I don't seem to have an attitude this morning, do I? I hope not because I'm not mad at anybody, but I'm telling you, I'm coming out with both pistols against hell. Teenagers, you got to hear what I'm preaching today. Because this is the only thing that's going to bring healing to our nation. Diversity expands our capacity to accomplish greater things for our God. If your circle can only include people who look like you, the same color of you, that thinks like you and worships like you, this is not your home church. There's some in this community that will accommodate you. I don't mean to be whatever. God is trying to raise up a group of people who realize they are no lines of distinction. And we got to quit. I don't know. It's going to take us a little time to start breaking a mindset. Amen. Of making a distinction between a brother when I'm talking about it. Why do I have to say uh, some of my black brothers is helping me with this? How I just said what I said not to say. That why do I have to say my black brother or my white brother when in reality we are just brothers? You understand what I'm saying? That we make, we draw lines of distinction because this has been generational. It's been generational. And I know slavery was ended a long time ago, but it has not been long enough that that sore is still festering. It has not been long enough. And maybe the, 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 this, some proud flesh has, has grown over. Amen. And we may be just surviving, if you will. But maybe it's never been healed because churches will never stop and deal with this thing head on. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's where we're at. Are you listening to me? We are not interracial, but we are multicultural. And our diversity is our greatest strength. And if you don't realize that, you're not going to make a church in a church this size. Matter of fact, you're not going, if you don't understand that we are multicultural, that we have different preferences, you're not going to make it in a church with more than two. Because you are diverse from that one sitting beside you. And music has destroyed our churches for years. Because some of us wants the contemporary. Amen. And then some of us wants the old anointed songs out of the songbook. 
Threw that anointed in there, didn't I? <laughs> amen. Are you listening to me? Uh, uh, and as a result, amen, contemporary people judges the old traditional, and the traditional is judging the contemporary. But my Bible says, wise is the man who will reach in his treasure and pull out old, and he'll pull out new. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? That's when you become a multicultural church, and you realize there are different needs, and I am able to Sacrifice my preference to see you blessed. If you're willing to sacrifice yours. And then we all come to the buffet every Sunday morning and we all find something to eat. The only way me and my wife can eat buffet when it's fish is if they got a tater laying over there or, or if they got some other type of meat because she's not a big fish lover, amen? So we go to a buffet and we both leave there pleased, amen? Away with a church that's so homogeneous that if you don't like but one thing, you cannot function there. Woo! Is this too much for one Sunday morning? So you may sit there like this while they're singing, uh, uh, what's that, sinner straggling in? <laughs> Lost and weary? Huh? Lift your head, that's it. You may sit there like, oh God, I don't like the beat. I don't like nothing about it. But just keep sitting there. Because maybe in a minute, they'll throw one of them in there that you'll start tapping your toes. Amen. And may I submit to you right now, it ain't nothing about the music being anointed. It's about your preference. Oh, somebody work with me. Oh, my God. I know those hymnals are anointed because I get chill bumps. Oh, yeah? Well, they getting chill bumps over the contemporary. So whose chill bumps are real? Should we start measuring them? That's how we'll know. Is your chill bumps bigger than... God, that's good preaching right there. No, it's about preference. Amen. So a church who's going to grow in the culture we're living in today has to realize that and not say you're an old school fogey. Amen. Or, and us not look at these guys that's got these uh, weird haircuts. Amen. Or he run out of money or something. He got half a haircut. Maybe he's going to get the rest of it next week. I don't know. I don't know. So maybe I shouldn't judge him. Maybe you, you need to borrow a few dollars. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Is anybody in this building with me this morning? I have different cultures in my own house. You think I'd have a haircut like that? I mean, I would just be glad to have hair. <laughs> Is anybody listening to me? Then why, God help me? It would be funny if it ain't so sad. But we're, we're, the, we're drawing the best lines of distinction between ourselves. And look, my God, can y'all stay with me? This is, this here, here it is. Here's why. <laughs> this is why Satan has attacked us with a weapon of division. It's called conquer and divide. You ever heard that statement? Listen to this. Conquer and divide, by definition, is a combination of political, military, and economic, and I want to throw in spiritual. It's a combination of spiritual, political, military, and economic strategies to conquer someone by getting your opponent to fight amongst themselves in order to gain control over them. So when, you don't, when you're not strong enough to whip your enemy, 
when you don't have the power to take it by force, then you got to slip in like a little liar and you got to get them fighting one another. And then they begin to devour one another and they destroy one another. And then you're able to take control over everything. That's what the devil is doing. The spirit of division has set in the White House, the courthouse, and the church house. And he's out to divide the United States of America so that he can control us. See, he is a genius. In spite of how stupid you think the devil is, he's a genius. That if every church in Louisiana would just unify in spite of our cultural differences and religious persuasions, we could clean up our own local Supreme Court. Is anybody listening to me? We could change our parish. Is anybody listening to me? If we were able to unite, we could propagate the gospel of Jesus Christ and it would change our nation. But not only are we divided in denomination, the denominations are fighting themselves. Churches with silly squabbles. My God, can I just be real this morning? If you have a continuous, contentious spirit, please don't join this church. We're not that needy. We're going to make it. Amen. If you want to fight about everything, please don't join this church. Amen. Because we're too busy fighting a bigger enemy, a greater enemy. We can't, we can't fight each other. It's conquer. It's divide and conquer. It's a strategy that was birthed in the pits of hell. Our strength is turned to weakness when we fight amongst ourselves. A house divided cannot stand. A kingdom divided cannot stand. A parish divided cannot stand. That's why Matthew 5, 9 says, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. Here we go. Can y'all stay with me a few more minutes? There's no way I can, I can split this message up. Amen. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Notice it did not say peacekeepers. Peacekeepers maintain something already established. Peacemakers call something to exist that was non-existent. I'm going to say that again. Peacemakers, the definition of make is to bring into existence by conscience effort. Blessed are those who, who makes a conscious effort to bring peace into existence where it is non-existent. Well, here I am. If they want to hook up with me, they can come on. We're going to go in their neighborhood. You got to sit at their table. <laughs> oh, if you're a peacekeeper, you're a weenie. You just want to come in and maintain something that took blood to get. What we need is some peacemakers that you know what? You can accuse me of being Jim Jones if you want to. You can accuse me of brainwashing this neighborhood kids if you want to. You can call me anything you want to. Amen. But I am going to fight to have peace with you. And I'm going to keep loving on you. And I'm going to keep reaching to you. Is anybody in this place? And I'm going to keep on. And I, I don't have, I'm not going to step back and say, well, I tried and I couldn't get anywhere. That's peacekeepers. Uh, we are peacemakers. It's a conscious effort to tear down. You don't know what that mindset's been through. You don't know what they've been through. You got to dig through some junk. You got to go through some abuse. 
you got to be willing to be misunderstood and misrepresented if you're going to be a peacemaker. Are you just going to sit back and ride this glory train to heaven? That ain't what we was called to do, church. The Bible says you are salt. You are light. Salt burns open wounds, but it brings healing. Light, light brings illumination to darkness. You're shining bright in here, but bright light don't make much difference in a lot of light. It's when we take our light and we go out there into that dark world of division and we say we're going to make a difference. Are y'all okay this morning? Am I okay this morning? Somebody say, my God, what's wrong with the pastor? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Can I say it with all the boldness I can muster up? This is what the children of God do. That's what this scripture is saying. Socially and religiously. Socially and religiously. That children of God, sons of God, are you listening to me? They operate in the ministry of reconciliation. They're so, I can tell that's a child of God. Why? Because he's a peacemaker. We have way more division makers than peacemakers. Drama. I hate drama. Always got something going. I'm telling you, I understand racism is prevalent. But a lot of stuff you're hearing is not what's being said. You're only hearing that because you've got a racist problem. Black and white. Ain't got nothing to do with color. We, we take it upon ourselves if somebody looks at us wrong to attach a philosophy with that action. Did you hear what I just said? Hmm, must have looked at me like that because I was white. Must have looked at me like that because I was black. My God, this is so uncomfortable. But it's because of the putrid culture we grow up in in the United States of America. I ain't going to talk about any other country because I don't live in no other country, but I live in this one. And because of the way we were all raised and what this nation was born in, we can't even look at each other in the eye anymore as true brothers and sisters. Amen. Without you thinking, I'm thinking something. Oh, this is good preaching. Yeah, what's he think? He think he's better than me? Well, after the day, you won't have to wonder what Dean Love is thinking. I'm thinking you're my brother. You're my sister. I'm thinking we are one body with one Lord, one doctrine, one faith. I understand you may worship different, but there's still one faith. I understand you may see it a little different. But that's okay. Our diversity makes us stronger. It makes us dig deeper. It makes our theology clearer. I, uh, our Ministers Alliance here helped me more than anything because we finally built enough relational capital between our pastors that I could start really understanding why they believe what they believed without fighting and feuding and telling each other we're not saved. There is neither nor 
any such thing. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Amen. Here is another way you can really tell if someone's a Christian is if they are trying to make peace with their brothers, amen, in their community and in their churches. Is that not what the scripture says? You know why he said you would be called a son of God? Because that's what your daddy does. That's what your father does. That's what God does. He pulls together. He does not divide. So when you do that, you're acting just like God. And may I also submit, when you propagate racism, you're acting like your daddy. Boy, that was too much. Because your daddy ain't God. Can I preach the gospel this morning? I don't care if you speak in tongues and jump that high. I don't care about any of that. This Bible said you're going to be called children of God when you start getting out of your little comfort zone and start trying to make peace socially. Amen. Uh, Because we can't live in this church. Are you listening to me? We can't live in this church. We got to live in that world out there. So we ought to be bringing healing to the community that we live in. Are you with me this morning? Are you with me? The one who diligently pursues. Follow peace with all men. Follow means to chase after with the intent to catch. Peace and unity can be elusive. You could teach this stuff in a marriage seminar. You got to fight for for unity in your own marriage. Sometimes I got to fight for unity in my own self. Anybody else? Huh? Huh? I got, talk about culture, I got two cultures in me. One culture wants to give you a cussing sometimes. Oh, y'all ain't going to let me preach. Huh? Other cultures just, why don't you just tell them what you think? Other culture of Christ saying, no, no. We don't act like that no more. I'm going to close with my last scripture. Isaiah 58, 12. They shall be called... Put that one back up there. They shall be called the repairers, uh, and they that be of thee shall build the waste places. You're going to raise up the foundations of many generations, and you're going to be called the repair of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. Church, is this church ever been as, 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 as necessary as right now for somebody to, our streets are not safe anymore. Amen. Nobody's safe anymore. It's time for somebody to raise up and bring healing. There are some foundations that have to be rebuilt. And let me close out with letting you know, it has to be rebuilt in a hostile environment. The only way we're going to rebuild the walls of unity is to be willing to build in a hostile environment. It reminds me of Nehemiah. He went to rebuild the walls of the church and the enemy didn't like it. So he had to build with one hand and he had a sword in the other hand. He built with one hand and fought with the other. Children of God will build with one hand and they will fight with the other. The devil's going to try to cause little divisions between us. He's going to try to cause divisions. Just, what was it, three weeks ago we had revival in St. Paul Baptist Church. Awesome revival. God packed it out every night. Packed it out every night. Only for the enemy to slip in and start using words that I used of edification 
to bring division. To try to stop what God is trying to start in Caldwell Parish. But you know what we're going to do? We're going to keep knocking. And we're going to keep fighting. You want to know why? Because that's what sons of God do. Stand with me all over this building. Teenagers, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for you. If you suffer, if you suffer the, at the expense of ignorant people. Because racism was predicated on a lie and it's been fueled with a lie and only ignorant people buy into the lie. The problem is we brought it in our churches and tried to spiritualize it. I'm just going to be open and honest about things that we don't say and I'm going to say something right now I've never said because I really did not know until I was pushed in the corner and I had to find out for myself. I am a patriot. I love being a part of the United States of America. It's where I live. It's where God placed me. And I got to love it or leave it and try to change it. But our nation was born with a bad disease. And some of our founding fathers who founded our nation on the word of God had a biasness about them because that was what was propagated. And see, what we don't realize is slavery didn't start with the black folks. Slavery started with European folks in the 1600s and it began to evolve and it began to evolve and it began to evolve. And our founding fathers were intellectuals. It took intellectuals to be able to stage such a constitution that we the people. It was phenomenal. And they even wrote it in it that all men are created equal. But they had a doctrinal flaw. Great men, but they had a doctrinal flaw. And they had a little racism in them. And they brought that into our country. And it was founded. Of course, I ain't got time to give you a history lesson to show you all the blood that's been shed and all the fight. I'm just telling you, our nation, as great as she was and is, ever how you see it, has got a bad disease that she started with from the beginning. And it's time for us, the church, to bring healing and restoration to where we can truly be a great nation. Because we are not a great nation until we become one. We are not a great church until we become one. You are not a great family until you become one. And you know what? We ought to be smart enough to know that I don't expect you to lose who you are to become one with me. I expect you to bring it to the table. Did you catch that? I want you to bring it with you. Bring it with you because diversity is what makes us stronger. What if the eyes said to the ears, you cannot see so you can't join my church? The ears are saying, but I can hear. 
I can hear, and our diversity makes us stronger. Well, I suppose the altar call would be a close out in prayer. Can you give me this scripture for our altar call out of the Amplified Bible? Galatians 5, 14 and 15 in the Amplified Bible. I want you to just leave here with this scripture. Or has somebody got an Amplified Bible? If y'all bring it up here, I'll read it. I'm sorry, I forgot to give you that. Fine, you got Amplified? Find uh, Galatians 5, 14, and 15. I want you to leave here with this scripture. It's in the New Testament. I'm just kidding. Is this Amplified? I can't... For the whole law, talking about all the word of God. For the whole law concerning human relationships is complied in the one precept. You shall love your neighbor as you do yourself. But if you bite and devour one another in partisan strife, be careful that you and your whole fellowship are not consumed by who? The devil ain't got to consume us. He's just got to divide us and I'll eat you up. Let's pray together. Father, thank you now, Lord. I pray that I can leave this building with a clear conscience that I have preached your word and your word alone. God, that we have not interjected our own thoughts and opinions, but we have built upon the foundational theology of the true anointed word of the living God. And Lord, I trust your word that is bringing change to the hearers in this building. And for these listening by podcast, Lord, I believe it is no accident that you are rallying an army together. You, oh God, are pulling men and women together, Lord, who will become peacemakers. I believe that your true children of God are going to arise, Father, and be manifested through and by becoming peacemakers. Lord, we join together in a corporate prayer right now asking, will you bring healing to our land? Bring healing. People are only responding to inward hurts, Father. Killing or being killed. They're only responding to deep-rooted hurts and philosophies, O Lord God Almighty. Father, we're tired of putting a Band-Aid on it. We want to see healing begin to come. So, Lord, you said that it all must begin in the house of the Lord. So let it begin right here in Life Church. And I believe other men of God are standing across this nation and declaring it is time. It is time to be unified. So I pray the prayer of Christ before we leave this building. Make us one, O Lord God. Make us one as you and Jesus are one. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.